We all know that good things must come to an end. But how they come to an end, well, that's decided by a select few. Let's get started. Not pointing fingers at who those select few are, but um, hmm, shall we just say that um, a certain man or organisation, for good or for ill, was very much the kingmaker of who won the <laughs> F1 2021 championship. Where, spoiler alert, it was Max Verstappen. He won that race and therefore the championship, but their circumstances in which he got the win and got the crown and will have number one in his car next year is uh, quite dubious to say the very least. And uh, to think this has all started off by Nicholas Latifi. Uh, yes, I suppose it was. I, I admit that I actually had to go back and watch the whole race again because there was so much that happened, Tom, uh, that mm. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't remember everything. And I don't like to make notes as I'm watching it the first time. And then usually in preparation for this podcast, since we will all go back and make notes about key points. And usually to yeah. do that, I will I will know the topics. We'll discuss the topics ahead of time. And as a result, I'll go back and focus on it. This one was different. This one was so long, so complex, so full of different pieces of information that I thought, actually, I'm just going to have to go back and watch the entire thing again. And that's what I did, actually. And and looking through my notes that I have in front of me, I, I have notes for basically, well, every other lap, if you'd like, um, starting on the opening lap, um, mm. when, you know, not only does Perez get up to third, but on turn nine, Verstappen attempts to overtake Hamilton for the first time. And that's, you know, I didn't expect the FIA to need to get involved so quickly, if I'm completely honest. Um, Same, yeah. And, yeah. and yet... There we are. From the first lap, it felt like all eyes were on Massey, all eyes were on the FIA, and it, it, there was a little bit of like foreshadowing actually on on lap mm. four. Max, um, on hearing that there was going to be no investigation, I'm sure we'll come to that later, says, "Unbelievable! Yeah. What are they doing there?" Um, so, <laughs> and, and they're referring, and they referring to the uh, FIA. So yes, so it, you know, if that's not foreshadowing, I don't know what is. So mm. the first topic has to be the end, though. Because yep. this might take up the most amount of time, and you'll notice that there are that Liv is not here, Angus isn't here. Um, Liv is watching a football match, I think Norwich City. So enjoy that, Liv. But um, <laughs> next week they should be with us to discuss this further. By that point, the dust should have fully settled by then, and we will have even more information, I'm sure, in front of us. So do stick around um, going forward into the next couple of weeks because this ending to the season has really only just begun. Mm-hmm. But the controversy, Tom, um, is all about the last few laps. And as you say, yep. Nicholas Latifi decides on lap 53 at turn 14 to crash. And it wasn't his fault. I'm just no, going to say it immediately. I can I see the amount of rage that's being sent towards Latifi. And it's absolutely wrong. It's not his fault. Okay. Mm. I think it's ridiculous that people don't even think about blaming him. It's just childish at best. 
Okay. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he's taking a break from social media because he does not need this right now. And to be honest, I, I just think it's it's daft. People obviously are trying to vent their rage, you know, at anyone. And, and Latifi happens to be the the catalyst for everything. So on lap 56, the FIA decide that lap cars will not be allowed to overtake. And we hear Christian Horner call up Michael Massey and tell him that they don't think that's fair and why aren't they allowed to overtake? Now, usually the FIA would allow any lapped cars to overtake. And that's a key word there, any. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Apparently it does not constitute all. And we're getting into grey areas here, Tom. (laughs) So what they decide to do is... On lap 57, one lap later, the race control tells Norris, Alonso, Ocon, Leclerc and Vettel to take over, to overtake the safety car and get out of the way. Mm. Now, the principle here is they don't say that lap cars can overtake, only those cars. And as soon yes. as Vettel gets past, they say that the safety car is ending and therefore allowing those cars to continue having a battle um, once the safety car comes in and allowing for Stappen to get behind Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, that then puts Ricardo behind Verstappen, which means <laughs> he actually gets to have the best view of it all. And so they restart the race. Verstappen, by this point, is on new tyres because they pitted him under the safety car. And yeah. um, that was on lap 54, as Hamilton's told to stay out. And lap 58, Verstappen lunges in turn five before the, the, the long straight and gets past Hamilton. Um, he does quite a bit of weaving, which, if I'm honest, is on, on the edge of what's legal. But to be honest, at this point, they're just going to warn him against weaving. So that doesn't really matter. Um, and that was it. New soft tyres and a, and a fully charged battery and Hamilton couldn't do anything about it. Um, hmm. Unfortunately, Hamilton led the race, controlled the race demonstrated a masterclass of how to control pace and extend a lead but it wasn't to be no i'm surprised lewis wasn't more angry in the interview to be honest i mm-hmm. not sure i could be as cool calm and collective it, it seems to me tom that the the crux of this whole ending was in the regulations it, it seems like the fia arguing that because Massey has the overall control on the safety car, he can basically undermine every other rule. I.e. he has ultimate power over the safety car, therefore no mm. other regulations matter if the director says they no longer matter. And this is a real grey area. This is worrying at best, mm-hmm. manipulation at worst. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not willing to say yeah. it was manipulation. If I'm honest, I-, I think at this point, it's not right to take away the championship from from Max. Uh, I let's I want to say that uh, well as well from the, from the very very start. I support Max having being world champion. He, I mean, if you want to go just by the statistics, I think he actually was very much deserving of the championship. If you want to compare it um, apples to apples. He has the most podiums in F1 season. He has eight. He has ten wins and eight second places, which puts him ahead of of Hamilton's wins. So, absolutely, Max is the world champion. The bit that annoyed me, the bit that made me so frustrated, was it was the FIA being a bit crap. 
yet again and yeah. and making it up as they go along. I mean, Tom, what were they thinking? Yeah. Um, first of all, let's start off with the positives regarding, I suppose, the FA, if there are any. And that was that they wanted it to end under racing conditions. That's all the sort of aim of that. I fully agree with, I think, the fact that this race, the climax of the season, ending under the safety car would have opened up a whole can of worms and, in my opinion, would have got against the whole ethos of Formula One. But the manner in which they went about achieving that aim was utterly wrong. Yeah. And I've said so often in this podcast series, in this season in particular, that you cannot have an umpire of the sport which is seemingly able to be manipulated. And I'm afraid, you know, not saying they were, but when you have Red Bull getting on the on the blower to them and saying what's going on, and then Michael Massey says, just hang on a sec, then you have five cars going past after seemingly no one could allow themselves. It does seem very bizarre. What would have been better, in my opinion, I think we all said this in our group chat while it was going on, why not red flag the race, get Latifi's car off the track, and then have a few lap shootouts for the entire grid from the starting grid? Because we've seen so many red uh, flags before. We know it can work. We know it can be safe. And if you have that scenario where Hamilton can then, you know, by the definition of a red flag, get himself some fresh tyres, it is then... Apples versus Apples, Prime Hamilton versus Prime Max Verstappen. Because at the moment, or should I say on the final few laps, you saw Hamilton on tyres that were 35 laps old, Max on fresh tyres. And yes, Hamilton gave it everything, blood, sweat and tears probably. But um, it was always just going to be one winner in that. There's only going to be one conclusion. And in that regard, the FIA were kingmakers and we spoke so much about the season of, of it not being decided by the stewards in, in a sort of back room, if you will. I'm not saying it happened here, but it got very close to, I think, if they were to have, have reversed the, um, the result and given it to Hamilton, that would have been doing it behind closed doors and very much in the stewards' room. But still, this isn't clean of it. There's still an element to that. So, for me, this throws... Unfortunately, Michael Massey's name into disrepute. I'm not sure if he's going to be there for the longer term. As the director, I know they're having an election for the presidency of the FA on Friday, so the podcast will be out by that by that stage. We'll know who's um, who's taken over. Um, but yeah, I, I just cannot see how the man is going to survive after such controversy there. Well, I don't think he should be sacked. That's another thing I should I should say, because. I consider Massey's position to be exempt from the the fear of di- of making the wrong decision, right? Mm. Because if Massey makes a wrong decision and you're immediately sacked, then that's problematic. It it makes an element it puts a, an element of fear in the in the role. Yeah, Massey took over from Charlie Whiting when Whiting sadly passed away, mm. and I think to some extent. What what's happened is we are as a community hearing how much power and and how much influence the team principals believe they have over the FIA. Charlie yeah. Whiting had a had a reputation for taking no drama from anyone. If you got on the wrong side of Charlie Whiting, Bernie Eccleston, and his henchmen, you knew that <laughs> you were going to have problems. They, they they created that reputation of you listen to us and we will consider your opinion, but, you know, the buck stops with me. And I think this year what we've heard for the first time 
is a change of of guard michael massey being given the the director role mm. and at the same time we finally get to hear the communication between the teams and michael massey and yeah. that's producing this narrative of basically toto wolf and christian horner because let's face it they're the only ones that really get in, get into this sort of conversation with him yeah. um trying to manipulate the race in their favor i mean toto wolf said to massey you better not throw a, a safety car out i mean that is completely and utterly <laughs> unacceptable you can yeah. in my opinion toto should not be allowed to to say things like that to the race yep. director um ross braun has already come out and said that they will be limiting uh the communication between teams and the the race director from mm-hmm. next year so enjoy i hope you've enjoyed the the one and only time we got to listen <laughs> to these communications in my opinion it should be massy at the top with a team below him one person from each of the teams is allowed to have communication with another person in michael massey's team and that communication should be limited it should be mm. for things like by the way um ta- can you tell massey that perez has a problem with his car and needs to pull over to the side of the road those mm. sort of communications what is completely unacceptable is the principals telling the race director what to do from a safety point of view and this yet again is an example of of the teams trying to manipulate safety but you're right we had basically three options at the end there tom we had finish under safety car because you have to let all the cars through Mm -hmm. red flag the race in which case that's pretty unprecedented but if i'm also completely honest here whatever happened it was going to be pretty unprecedented this was an unprecedented ending or in my lifetime, unprecedented ending. It was a complete shootout, and we had six laps left. I mean, both teams, all teams, have been saying to Michael all year, we want to finish under green flag. We want to finish under green flag racing. So, in fairness, Michael gave them exactly what they wanted. And Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. I actually support him in his decision to get some sort of racing. Because it was one of those where, I mean, it was only when they rolled the dice multiple times and got uh, fresh tyres that Verstappen got back that ultimately Verstappen was really in this fight because yes Perez did a great job at reducing the gap between Hamilton and Verstappen and yes you've got to go and say well done to Verstappen and Red Bull for rolling the dice and giving it full beans for the win but if we look at this race in isolation I think it's fair to say that Hamilton was deserving of that win doesn't mean he's deserving of the championship that's two different things completely but um or arguments indeed but um the way that this was handled i think it goes back to my old analogy doesn't it of you know popularity over integrity having a bag of sweets when you're six year old for tea you know it's it's great you know it's fun it's exciting but the damage of this could be really substantial because yes you've got more people tuning into formula one and going to be watching the drive to survive series and indeed tuning into what happens be it on sky or wherever or following on their phones next season that's great for the popularity of it but if you want entertainment formula one is not your game i don't mean that to say that formula one is not entertaining but there's got to be a set of rules that we adhere to and a strict impartiality when it comes to the referees which i believe the fa have lost a lot of that at the moment rightly or wrongly i see memes and tweets circulating uh, referring to the FIA as the mafia 
Uh, I see people saying the only way you could beat Hamilton was a fix. I see different things about the FIA wanted Verstappen to win, about, you know, those orders in the top, yada, 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 all these conspiracy theories. And it's very damaging, I think, it is, yes. to what Formula One is. It's a age-old motorsport, which is seen very highly across the world. And if we devalue it to something more akin to a pantomime or WWE, then what is it really, in my view? I know there's a lot of politics about Formula One. There always has been, there always will be. There'll always be some controversies and rules and regulations, all that sort of stuff. But those things have got to remain without it just being debased to a sort of, oh, let's distill the championship down to one or two laps, which I'm not sure is what happened. But um, the impression that it gave, I think, could be damaging in the long term if there's not repercussions it or should i say changes made uh moving forward i think the limiting of the communication between the fia and the team principals is a step moving forward in the right direction but more needs to be done in terms of instilling making sure that discipline is instilled because we saw all the way going back to um silverstone the, the vitriol was high and it was growing uh between the teams between fans between everyone really and that needs to be cooled down because if you mm. get that am- amount of i suppose angst and tribalism then nobody wins really like at the moment you're seeing people saying that verstappen isn't the real winner of the championship which if you lose trust in who is the winner then what do you have you have nothing but anarchy really no, exactly. And there is a history of, of the FIA making decisions to, to change the outcome of, of the winners. If you'd like, um, Senna was disqualified in 1989, for example, and, and Prost ended up winning that on a technicality. So this isn't the first time we've had the FIA, if you'd like, and the stewards getting involved to, to change the, the outcome or, or affect the outcome. So in, a, in some sense, it's not unprecedented. And, and this was always no. going to happen. This is This was a season where I think there has been... A, an appearance from the FIA of of inconsistency and making up as it as they go along, and to some extent they're always going to have to because mm. this no one expected a safety car in the last six laps. No, and given I, I you know given everything that happened in the race, I probably do think it was fair that Hamilton and Verstappen were next to each other. Because that's how it should have been. There shouldn't have been the back markers in in the way of Verstappen. Not, not mm. really. Because mm. you might as well have kept everyone under safety car. Because what would have happened is the lights would have gone out. Hamilton would have taken off, and well, it would have been a procession with with um, Verstappen trying to get past the back markers, who would have been trying to get past each other, but also being blue flagged at the same time. <laughs> this is what I mean. In the podcast directly after the U.S. Grand Prix, Tom, do you remember I said that? under blue flag conditions those who are being shown the blue flags should basically not be able to overtake each other and should be able to get away out of the way immediately yeah well, i yeah. feel like this is an extension of this um i think this is the first time we've all realized actually there has to be some sort of system to allow the lapped cars to move out of the way for, of the um of the car that's doing the lapping quickly efficiently and i think what what really failed um, was the the whole process as soon as the the safety car got deployed? I think Massey should have just said, actually, um, we want you to all change your order one bar behind each other so that we can sort this out without having to get the lap cars to go through. 
for example. Yeah. So yeah. what I mean by that is Perez would have been able to just overtake to get behind Verstappen. Verstappen would just be able to overtake to get behind Hamilton. It seems to me really, really bizarre that to get the cars to unlap themselves... They've got to overtake the safety car and go all the way around. I don't understand why there isn't a provision whereby if you've got all the cars queuing one by one each other, you know, one behind, one by one behind each other, why the lap cars um, can't just drop back to slot behind? You know, some mm-hmm. sort of. Do you, do you see what I'm saying? Like yeah, it yeah. seems bizarre that we have such a long. It takes so long to sort this out, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. part of the reasons they're going to be rewriting the rules next year is just for this this sort of thing, so that we we get rid of the the silliness. And it demonstrates really that actually, to some extent, I think they have had to make up as they've been going on. But the other problem, Tom, and I think you might agree with this, is FIA failed to clamp down on the aggression between drivers. Max definitely got yeah. away with it in Brazil. Yeah. And therefore, Hamilton got away with it on lap one. Yes. Yes, I definitely agree. It's one of those in that scenario where Verstappen was, what, half a car ahead, so he's not technically overtaken. But the advantage gained by Hamilton was sizable, And I question the FAA for not taking that seriously enough. No investigation required just like that apparently but I also take issue with the organisers of the circuit and I suppose by extension the stewards and the FIA as well because it almost needs to be the case where when you have a circuit like Abu Dhabi and I say Paul Ricard as well in France we've got long sort of rolling hills of synthetic uh, material where cars can run off without an issue you need to have clearly defined barriers or gateways in which cars can and need to rejoin when they go off track because as we see at Abu Dhabi and by extension at Paul Ricard there are little to no gateways where you have to go and rejoin so essentially as we saw with Lewis Hamilton he could take the mickey um, gain an advantage of let's say um, close to half a second or around that because there was no area where he had to go and yes it seems small and insignificant and academic now because Verstappen won owing to the last few laps but it's another sort of hole in the FAA's rules and indeed the rules of the sports um, which seems to be overlooked and we hinted at this as well I believe looking back at Sochi where drivers could gain advantages by you know going right up to the line of the rule and even getting personal with it but um well Alonso went off let's well, not forget I mean. yeah to, to gain I mean. advantage exactly exactly so as you say, we're seeing in this race and more races this season that have been prior to this, that there are areas where the rules are just not covering all bases, which is a bit of an issue. But now we've seen, as I say, a big, huge gate gateway almost in um, in the in the rules and um, how there are pockets there, especially when it comes to safety cars and the role played by the race direction and all that sort of stuff. Hopefully we'll now see a rewrite of the rules in the serious uh, areas where there needs to be such. But hey, there's only, what, 90-odd days before we get racing again, so how serious can the reform be? Well, the thing is, they've got to be completely clear about what will be acceptable and what is not acceptable. And they have to enforce their rules, whether or not the drivers, whether or not Toto Wolf, whether or not Christian Horner, whoever... Mm-hmm. Where, whether or not they like it or not yeah. and that's it the reality of the whole season has been that people have gotten away with things and because they play that card they've got to roll with it 
and uh, and because of that it's caused problems uh, mm. max should have been penalized more for what happened in brazil i think max yep. also got away with it a bit in saudi arabia i think mm-hmm. hamilton got away with it in silverstone when when he hit verstappen and verstappen went into the barrier you know these these sort of incidents you've got to encourage hard racing to the line but not over it and mm, hard but fair hard but fair and for example you know in brazil when hamilton was faster getting past him and and how and verstappen closed the door and forced him wide and they both went off the track well that wasn't fair that just wasn't mm. fair they both went off the track verstappen should have been penalized for that in the same way that having softer tires and being able to brake later on the opening lap of Abu Dhabi, Max Verstappen outbraked Lewis Hamilton to get the corner, and that's mm. you know. And and you might say, well, yeah, what's the point of of that? And actually, you don't forget that braking later is an inverse of out accelerating your your opponent. Yeah. That's all it is. It's just who can decelerate quickest rather than who can accelerate quickest. So if you're allowing someone to overtake because they can accelerate quicker, you must also allow people to overtake because they can decelerate quicker, break later. And reviewing the footage, I think Max was ahead. I think it was Max's is line to take. I think Hamilton should have braked later, cut back in, and then tried to get him on the straight, which is what I think would be the fair. What actually happened, though, was because Max was allowed to shut the door on Hamilton Mm. in previous races, run wide, and not get penalised for it, then Lewis was equally allowed to run wide and give back some of the the time advantage, if you like, and that's how they justified Mm. it, Mm. which to me is not right. And I think the other thing they need to do next year is completely define the track limit as the white line on the inside of the curb. It drives me nuts. And I I think I've said this many times, Tom. Correct me if I'm wrong. But I think I keep saying this, that the edge of the track is the white line. You are allowed 3.9 tyres off track. But as long as a little bit of your track tyre is still within the white line, you're fine. As soon as you do all four tyres off the white line, even if it's a kerb, then you're off the track. That's it. There Mm. there is no negotiation there. And it's frustrating that we have these weird rules. You think, well, hold on a minute. How the hell is anyone supposed to follow this? It's all these problems have been by the FIA's own making. And it's completely fitting that the whole controversy is to do with the FIA. And, you know, as much as I'm annoyed with the FIA, I am not annoyed with Red Bull and Max Verstappen. They completely capitalised on every single opportunity they were given and they absolutely deserve the, the, the driver's championship. And you know, a massive, massive congratulations to Max. It's it's unbelievable the, the calibre of driver he has been this year to match and, I guess, surpass Lewis Hamilton, who I... I you know believe is the the greatest driver definitely on the on the grid or was the greatest driver you know you might say well now it's max but mm. it was an absolutely incredible drive all season from him and i i am in awe of of how both drivers raised their game just to be so ahead of the rest of the pack it was incredible mm-hmm. and it's just frustrating tom that mm. yet again we're we're finishing another race and now 
the season thinking what does do the rules mean how do we go forward from here but if i'm to be honest i think the new rules from next year will be good i think they've got to crack down from the get-go all the all the problems they've had this year and make sure that it's crystal clear from from the start that penalties will be given no Mm. matter what the consequence of that might be to the drivers and to the constructors championship because let's face it the fia should not be the the kingmaker if you'd like because they don't give penalties or do give penalties it should be penalties be given to everyone the fia doesn't care as long as someone wins and a team wins the 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 trophy and that's it yeah and that safeties are here too you know in the in all scenarios as well i think um yeah you saw right there in Safar that if Hamilton had won, he'd have fully deserved it. Him and Mercedes have been excellent, particularly in the sort of last quartile of the and season. To get another constructors as well. I mean, let's just absolutely. Not, you know, let's, let's not let's not forget. Yeah, mm-hmm. and amazing from them. Another one. It's just crazy. Yeah. By a sizable gap as well, when you consider that you know you've got another car and another driver winning the drivers' championship. How awesome that is to go and do that. And plaudits to both Mercedes drivers and indeed the whole team for that. You know, either driver would have been excellent uh fully deserving of the drivers championship but yes you're totally right when you say that ultimately the FIA let this season get away from them and they set a precedent of of lax almost of not being crystal clear with the rules and you know fully coming down on those who uh, violated them and right at the end we see almost Michael Massey and the FIA trying to claw back some of that strength and stru- uh, some of that uh, reputational damage that had afflicted upon them. Uh, but it was too little too late, you know. It was one of those where the cat was out of the bag and the culture and the precedence of um, drivers and teams being allowed to, you know, get right up personal to the edge of the law was already instilled. But now we see, as you say, going into a next season, a chance to right the wrongs and look back at uh, last season, take stock and go, well, this is what we did well. And this is what we did badly. This we've got to prove on to ensure that we don't see a repetition of ultimately the FIA getting a lot of damage uh, when it comes to the season. Because yes, Max has been the biggest winner. Um, but when you think about the biggest talking point from the season, as we've dedicated almost this entire episode to, it's the FIA coming out of an entire season of Formula One far worse than they went into it. Which, you know, hopefully those uh, wrongs can be righted. And thank you very much, listener, if you've managed to stick with our ranting until the end yeah. of this. I'm sure that you've heard many of these arguments from the community and our podcast will not be have been your first uh, stop for the, the feelings in the community. So I had a great conversation about all this um, with my our plumber um, just yesterday, oh. who uh, it was a big Lewis Hamilton fan. And um, I took note of of his comments, actually, because he's the biggest Hamilton fan I know. (laughs) And he said that Max was entirely uh, fitting and a a worthy champion and he didn't dislike the championship um, result. What frustrated him was he felt that his his team and I suppose his driver had been Mm. unfairly penalised from the FIA. And I think that's, yeah. as you said, I think that's a pretty good summary. And I think that's the feeling of the community at the moment that there was, it was unfair and it, it wasn't within the rule books. 
And so ends episode 34. Thank you very much for listening to the end of this episode where we look back at a certainly memorable Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and the finale of the 2021 F1 season. But just because the racing's over, it doesn't mean that we're done just yet. We'll be back next week to discuss these topics a bit more, the fallout from it potentially and uh, ultimately how we got there. And also we'll be looking back at the season as a whole, the defining moments in terms of races and the highs and lows in terms of drivers and constructors. So, like at Olympic, we've got about three or four more weeks of us before our own break, before we do it all over again, when we go to Bahrain at the start of March. But until next time, thank you very much for listening. Yep. You're not done with us just yet. We're sticking Sorry. around. <laughs> it's the only time yeah, when no that. one else is doing anything, so it's our time to shine. <laughs> <laughs>